Hey everyone, welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, I think we're both really excited, but also kind of disappointed that we have to talk about this this early. Chapter 3? I mean, I'm a, I'm a little like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be good. Like, I think, um, especially some of the new stuff we've heard about is exciting, but overall, I think it's, it's just too soon. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think we've both said that this is the last time we're going to talk about Chapter 3 for a really long time. I know in the chapter one, season one era of the show, we kind of like did the weekly updates and the card releases. Um, for chapter two. Yeah, for chapter two. We haven't solidified it yet, but maybe like monthly updates, unlike the cards that have been released. I think it also would be better because it's like one of the first cards that was released was the Robin Hood steel card, and we were like, oh, that's garbage. And it turns out it situationally is like really, really good. Yeah. And so I think it just like builds more context into what we're talking about too. But yeah, the, the big the big topic this week is obviously chapter three. Um, I probably wouldn't have wanted to talk about it either, but there's a bunch of juicy details that are like really going to change the game. It's exciting. Like It's a, extremely exciting. It's exciting. It just is, is too soon. We'll get into that. Okay, yeah, so with that said, as always, thanks everyone for listening, and if you are new to the show or new to following us, you can follow us on YouTube at Illumineers Quest if you're listening to the audio version. Um, You can follow us on X at Lorcanapod. You can also email us questions or comments at Lorcanapod at gmail.com, and if you are on YouTube, then you you can follow the audio version on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, any of the other major podcast networks, so um, we appreciate all the support. that Spotify thing came out a few, was it about a week ago or so, and we, we found out we were like the number one for a few people. That was really nice. Yeah, that was crazy, um, which is actually, we have questions and comments from listeners, and that's, kind. I mean, it's kind of what I want to talk about is the Spotify stuff. So we've had um, like polls and Q&As for most of the episodes that we've done, and I kind of wanted to just like go back through some of the Chapter 2 stuff now that nice. we've done it. And so... Nice. Um, so this, again, this is a couple weeks old now, um, but the first question was, what inks are you most excited for in Chapter 2? And half of the results were for Emerald. So, I mean, I'm in that boat. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely still love a lot of the Emerald stuff. I mean, I think at heart, if I could play an Emerald deck nonstop, that's definitely what I would do. Um, unfortunately, it just never is, like, super, super meta, and so it's hard to, like, really, really compete with it. Yeah, like... To me, like, I thought it was so broken in the beginning. Like, I think we both did. We were like, oh, everyone's going to be the most broken ink, and everyone's going to be playing it. And it didn't turn out that way. Um, I I think the problem is that, and we've said this before, but I think the problem is that, like, what, 75% of the really good cards are uninkable? And so it's hard to build an extremely strong deck around so much uninkableness. And so you have to be very picky and choosy with the way that you're playing the cards. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so 50% were for Emerald, um, and second place was Amethyst, um, with just over 30%, and then kind of spread between Amber, Ruby, and Sapphire after that. I would, I would be interested to see if we were to redo that today, if everybody had the same, um, comments or not, because I think, as it was in Chapter 1, people are still pretty much playing the two meta decks, Ruby, Amethyst, and Amber, Steel, so. So do we just, is Emerald your favorite ink? Yeah, I mean, just like in a vacuum where you're not building decks and you're not 
like trying to compete and whatever. Just overall the idea. Of yeah, it. I think I think it's just it's so fun and disruptive and has a ton of lore questing in there and has a lot of annoyance that you're you can create on your opponent. So yeah, I, I definitely think so. Nice. What what about you? It was Amethyst in Chapter One, and it's Amethyst in Chapter okay. Two. Okay, that's what, that's I knew that was the I knew that was the answer for Chapter One. I didn't know if that changed or not. Um, okay, and then we had another one that's you know I think this is a pretty straightforward answer, um, and I definitely would have given the same one. And we just said you know at the beginning of Chapter Two, um, once everything had been revealed, we asked what set would be more remembered you know later on down the line, Chapter One or Chapter Two. And 75% of the respondents said a chapter one, which, again, like that's kind of, you know, I, like if, I think if you take it to like chapter two and chapter three, like I think it's a little bit more on parody of like which one gets remembered mm-hmm. more and has a little bit more to do with the actual overall, like, you know, viability of the set versus like chapter one's always going to be remembered first, right? Like yeah. Pokemon original 151, everybody always remembers that. I the can't best. tell you set two for Pokemon. Yeah, same. And I'm a huge Pokemon fan too. Yeah. Um, and then. Lastly, the um, the one we did off of the ink um, art, we asked everyone what was their favorite um, overall ink art color, and with 50% of the vote on this one as well, we have Amethyst in the lead. So I gotta remember, what was mine? I think it... I think mine was Amethyst. Yeah, I you know, and, and I don't remember what my answer was at the time, but I've thought about it a lot since, and I think Amethyst probably is mine too. It's got a ton of colors. It's got a ton of just like really cool spells. Mine might that, have been Emerald actually, if I think back to it. I gotta remember, but yeah, I mean, I and, and like I think they're like I think Emerald has the best top cards with like Tiana is the first one that comes to my mind. But I, again, I think overall Ray, of course, can't forget Legendary Ray. Um, but I think overall, Amethyst probably has like the best theming for me. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'd agree with that. I might not have agreed with it, but I, I do now. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, so I thought it would just be fun to go back through some of those, and then we can you know, do that again in another you know, couple weeks and kind of just recap on where we've been with some of the interactions uh, with the episodes. If you do the polls, your voices are heard. We, we, we look at them all. And, and, and I get, and people may or may not know this too, but we actually have to go in and publish the comments that people leave. Like, if you, you know, on the question and answer, like, if you leave an answer on that, like, we actually have to go in and, like, publish it because, you know, you could just say curse word, curse word, curse word, curse word, and obviously we don't want that to be out there, and so I, we go through and read them all and publish them. And so, if you are leaving a comment, we see it, and thank you for that, too, as always. Um, okay, card of the week. Jake has picked Arthur, so tell us about it. The Emerald Arthur. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Amethyst Arthur. Um, so let, here, let me bring up the so I can tell you the exact wording. He's the Amethyst Quester. I mean, I guess Wizard he, in Training. I think Sorcerer that's right. Wizard in Training. And he's a three cost, uninkable, one strength, three willpower. Um, quests for one, but uh, Wizard Apprentice. And Wizard but his his real ability is whenever this character quests, you return another chosen character to your hand to gain two lore. Chosen character of yours. Yeah. To get into lore. Um, so I I am playing super meta. Like, this is this is one of the more meta cards right now. Um, it's super meta Amethyst Ruby. That's what I'm I'm currently playing. So this card is is big on the mind for me. Um, this this for me in my game so far has made it consistently where I can 
where I can quest for eight back-to-back turns. And that, for me, is is why I made it um, card of the card of the day. Um, but it's just it's just big on the mind because of those those things. He's um, very. You have to deal with him, and the and the problem is is. If you don't deal with him in one turn, you could conceivably get six lore off of him. Yeah. Or or five or six lore from you know one or two people questing, and so it's it's really he's really hard to deal with because he can be played really early on where there's not a bunch of removal spells yet. He's got three health, so that things like let the storm rage on and teeth and ambitions don't take him out alone, and so it's very hard to get him off the board before he can quest and get all of that additional benefit. Yeah, it's uh, it can be pretty wacky at some points. Um, obviously, the the major pairing would be um, a goat, Merlin. Um, I think that's like if you're going for straight lore, that's the main one. Um, another one would be rabbit, because um, it's insane card draw while gaining lore. I also um, think Pinocchio. I know we don't play Pinocchio, and that's not like the most meta thing ever. But I've, if if paired with the three questing Pinocchio. Um, I mean, it protects him, and it keeps you from removing Pinocchio, and that's really annoying, considering he quests for three, so... I do like that, I just think, not that anyone is really playing Steel in the meta right now, but if you're playing against Steel, that you're never getting Pinocchio to quest. No, and and you're and that's very true, and I think that, like, super hyper aggro, um, Amber Amethyst deck is still out there, mm-hmm. um... But it's yeah, it's it's aside from that, like if you're playing, I mean, steel basically hard counters it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, I think Merlin's a good one. I think he's very annoying to deal with. I think it's a really good card. So if you're an Amethyst fan and you're, you know, interested in revamping your deck, also it has a beautiful enchanted. Yeah, that, that, I think it's the second. I think it's the to- second top enchanted right now. I think it's I think it's Cinderella and then Arthur. I may or may not, if I ever get that one, play with that. Ooh, that's crazy talk right there. I love that enchanted. Um, okay, what's on our mind? League recap slash news. I mean, the news is obviously the topic of the week, so mm-hmm. don't want to dive too much into that right now. But I think the other thing is like card availability. Like yeah. it it's finally seems to be in a really, really, really good spot. Like I have seen multiple, multiple people online posting, finding cards in the wild. Like that did never happen. Like that, yeah. like genuinely never happened for the first eight weeks of chapter one. Like you didn't find cards out. Um, um, on top of that, our local store when we went to league this week had twelve display boxes of chapter one. Twelve. That's nuts. And and they and they came they came in on Friday. We saw the post that they made that said, "Hey, we got more cards on Friday." And the league is on Tuesday, and so they made it all the way through the weekend and still had 12 left. And so that, to me, says Chapter 1's in a good spot. And if you're a new player and you're getting into the game and you're looking for stuff, like, now's the time. Also, the singles market is great. Yep, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next point. Sorry. I, no, <laughs> that's point. A, no, that's not, you didn't steal it. You, you transitioned me perfectly. I mean, you know, I think the... The, the the gauge of the market is basically made with Rapunzel, and she's under thirty dollars. Nutty, absolutely yeah. I nutty. Mean, Rapunzel, gifted with healing from chapter one, is under thirty dollars. Maleficent, monstrous dragon, who's probably the the second most impactful chapter one legendary, is twenty six dollars. I mean, Mickey, brave little tailor, is five dollars. I mean, I know he's not the most impactful, but he's Mickey. It's a fantastic card. 
I mean, Surfer Stitch is $12. Yeah, that's the, the crazy one to me, is Surfer Stitch, because it had this rising point, and then it... it just tanked right tanked. after that. Elsa Spirit of Winter, $13. That's Bell, cool. $13. Hades, $17. John Silver, $6. I mean, those are like... Like, you can build a deck with Legendary's prices. Yeah, I mean, if I... If I were to say one from Chapter 1 that I would go after now, it would be Elsa Spirit of Winter, I, yeah. I would say. I think that's um, a really solid you, one. If you don't have a play set, I would, I would finish that now. I, I don't think prices are ever going to be much better than this. I, I wouldn't think so either. I mean, there and, and even like the Chapter 2 ones, you know, yeah. are, are, are coming down pretty significantly here too. I mean, I know that Emo Beast, a.k.a. Tragic Hero and Steel, is the most expensive one for Chapter 2, and he's under... $30 as well, $28. And so he's that's expensive to buy a full play set, but if you only need one or two, it's not awful. I mean, the most ex expensive legendary after that is um, Beast Relentless that you love in, in Emerald for $14. I mean, everything is like incredibly, incredibly like reasonable. And so the whole point we're trying to make with this is if you're a new player, if you've kind of been hesitant on like really building out a deck or whatever, now's a really good time. Like you can you can really go for it extremely and I, and I mean this is relatively speaking to to other hobbies this is a more I would say on the pricier side of hobbies definitely but can get there if you are willing to spend on something like this this is the perfect time I agree it's it's definitely there I mean you can you can easily build a deck under hundred bucks now easily like a really good competitive deck especially um, like if you like the the new aggro um, amethyst amber aggro you can make that easy um, yeah even Pinocchio at the the super the three lore quester has, has dropped as well yeah. so yeah so it's a great time to get in you know and, and I would imagine everybody that's listening to this is probably pretty deep into the lore kind of scene but you know, maybe still you haven't been tracking them like we normally do, and so it's a good time to, to check out the prices and, and get some singles for um, a friend or loved one for Christmas even, you know, if they've been looking for some singles or something to complete their decks. But yeah, it's 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 a really good time. We we made it through the dark period. Yes, we, we did. We came out on the other side. I both, or both of us have recently bought singles to complete decks. I bought a ton of singles. Um, I finally, like, decided it was time to do it and so yeah i just recently bought a play set of a four be prepared for 35 dollars yeah be prepared and that's still one of the most expensive cards from chapter one too mm -hmm. i mean it's well like i don't know like eight dollars or something like yeah, that. yeah it's dropped since i bought it too so it whole new world's there as well but aside from those like everything is like under five that you would want to play probably yeah that's so. not legendary um okay great time to get into the game um, and with that said, we can talk about Chapter 3, which will hopefully continue the trend of being very reasonable. Let's hope so. I'm going to I'm gonna pull it up here as you, as you talk about it so I can get kind of my overall thoughts on it before I get too deep into it. But uh, Yeah, so quick overview on, uh, on Chapter 3. It is Chapter 3. Well, we, it's not even called Chapter 3. We just keep calling it Chapter 3. It is called... Into the... Inklands. Inklands. I just, I mean, I, we just say chapter two, and it's not even called chapter two. It's just the shortest, shorter version for the second release of, of Floodborne. The, yeah. So, Into the Inklands. Um, we've got art from the display box. We've got art from the accessories. We have four card releases as well. Four card releases. Three characters. One, get this, location. Yep, one new, completely new type of card. It is a location card. 
and the community overall, we think we've we've cracked. It's a little bit different, plays a little differently, but we think we've we've cracked it. Um, and we'll get into that a little later, but that's just kind of the the overview here. Um, but one thing I did notice on the the display boxes, the sleeves, the starter decks, and the the deck boxes, they have a much lighter tone. Um, oh, very much so. Uh, cup like color palette style. Very fun. It seemed very like lighthearted fun. Um, where I would say like Rise of the Floodborne was a little darker, like just yeah, overall agree. in color scheme and maybe even in theme. Um, but this one just seems like it, we've got Ducktales going on. We've got um, the island of Mount Nui. We've got a Happy Stitch. Like it just seems lighter overall. Tailspin. Tailspin. So shout out friend Spencer who came on the podcast a couple episodes and episodes ago and said he wants Ducktales. And guess what? He's, He's got getting his wish. It, I I He's showed get- it to him and I said, "Sorry, your wallet is gonna hate you." And showed him the Scrooge picture and he was like. When does it come out? <laughs> February 23rd. Which is a very good transition for me. Thank you. Yeah, so it comes out February 23rd. We got official release date for the local gaming stores. Um, and yeah, a few more details. So let's get into the, the characters real quick before we dive into the location, because I think the locations is what we want to spend the majority of the time on this I just one. thought I'd throw that out there before we got into it. No, then. if you haven't heard about locations, stick around, because it's... Spoiler alert, I think really, really going to change the game. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe it won't, but I think it's going to completely change some aspects of the game. So anyways. Would you like me to read the, um, I can reve- read the uh, the reveal they did here? I think we talked about most of it. I mean, okay. I know we touched on the, the DuckTales and the Tailspin. Um, well, there was one other one, wasn't there? So, uh, beloved Disney properties including Treasure Planet. DuckTales, Tailspin, and Treasure Planet. Which, which I know you're pumped for. I Oh my gosh. Like, so exciting. Um, hopefully, and they didn't even mention Jim Hawkins. Yep. Um, and they know they said about his um, airfoil, which is his like glider surfboard, which is like one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Um, All right. So from the from the artwork that was released, yes, the, the deck box has a new Jafar card that we can see. The the display box. Display box. Yeah, looks very much like a. Floodborne, all right, sorry, a storyborn character looks very much like a Jafar you would see from the movie. Um, we've also got another Stitch character, clearly a favorite of the Lorcana team because we've got a bunch of Stitches and another one coming. And there's actually two Stitches we know of, two new Stitches coming. Um, yeah, sure seems like it. Um, yeah. And then we have a new Piglet, which is a card that's also been revealed, so we'll dive in a little bit more to that mm-hmm. one with the card. But we have some Piglet pirate art. Um, from the starter decks, we have a new Pongo and Kiddos card, potentially. Like, you know, I know that the Kiddos are there, so I'm curious if that's like a Pongo or a 101 Dalmatians card, or like what the name of that one is. Yep. Um, new Peter Pan, which has also been revealed, and so we'll talk about that one more in a little bit. Uh, Moana, which, slash Montanui, um, which is also the playmat. And I love that. I want that playmat so bad. I love that playmat. It, it's really crazy. Like, it's it's so... It's gorgeous. And I believe it is probably a location card. Yeah, I, I think everybody speculated that, that it's probably the location of Montanui. Um, but can we just, like, every playmat from now on be a location card? Um, please? Like, oh, gosh, it's so good. 
Like, Im- imagine, like, the elephant graveyard as a playmat. Oh, well, that's morbid, but... I know, but come on. Like, <laughs> you want to be, like... No, let's go for Pride Rock. How about we go Pride Rock and not the elephant wastelands? Come on, you'd buy that. No, I would not. 100% <laughs> come on. not. I would buy a Pride Rock one. Come on. With Rafiki holding Simba up, like, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. What about Treasure Planet from Treasure Planet? Potentially. That'd be sick. But I'm definitely going for Pride Rock or Montanui first, but I digress. We're never going to agree on that one. We have very different (laughs) tastes. All good, though. Get both perspectives. Um, And then lastly, from the deck boxes and sleeves, we have a Scrooge McDuck, which was very briefly mentioned already, and a new what looks to be Robin Hood card. I believe he's, like, looks like he's taking a nap on a raft of some sort kind of lounging around a little bit but yeah so a lot of new cool stuff i think it's really exciting um and yeah so with with kind of that overview there oh and then the second play mat is another stitch card so very space age looking to say that very nonchalantly because i'm so into the montanui one that the Stitch one is very much a secondary thought at this point. I think we'll both be getting the Mountainui one. I really, really, really hope I get this one. Like I didn't. I wanted one jump ahead. Um, the one jump ahead art, the Maui one from Chapter uh, One. That's not one jump ahead. That's uh, that's Aladdin. One jump ahead. Um, you're thinking. Oh. Of... What it? No, it's I, I. I. Gosh, we gotta look this up now. I'm pretty sure it is one jump ahead. No, that's Aladdin. Okay, I know what you're saying, but what's the name of the... Just in Time. Just in Time. Gosh, you're right. Okay, I knew it. What, just in Time, the Maui art from Chapter 1. I wanted that one. I wasn't really upset that I didn't get that one. No big deal. But that Montanui one from Chapter 3, I, I will be a little little bummed if I don't get that one. Me as well. I mean, it's it's incredible. <laughs> okay. So with that said, let's get into like the card reveals here. So we've got three cards and the location. So first off with the cards, um, we've got Minnie Mouse, uh, Funky Spelunker. Funky Spelunker. So I love she, that. So Minnie is very much a active, outgoing character here. We've got White Eye Diver, Zipping Around. Yep. Yep. Surfing. Surfing. Yes. I forgot about that one. So there's many mouses living her best life, I'll tell you that. She's, I mean, she's exploring the world at yeah. this point. So um, she has zero strength, three willpower, and steel. She is a one cost, so a very could be, potentially be a very good opening character. Quest for one. Quest for one. And then her ability is while this character is at a location, so again, you know, teasing the location pieces of the new set, uh, she does attack plus two. So she's got two strength if she's out of location. Which is, I mean, that's pretty cool. You had a one cost, uh, two, three. Yeah, that's really, really strong. You know, like mid to late game to get that on with like a surfer stitch. Or, or, sorry, a rock star stitch. You know, if you're playing good old amber steel. It's a a good, like... Again, way too early, but it just seems solid. No, I'm I'm just, yeah, I'm not saying like that's how it needs to be. I'm just saying like there, I, I can see a ton of potential in the card. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, same with uh, Piglet here. We have Piglet Pirate. Which is a super rare. Um, yeah, Pooh rarity. Pirate Captain is is Piglet. And she's a two cost, two strength, two willpower, <laughs> inkable card in Amber. Quests for one. But it says while there are two other cards on the board, she quests for plus two lore. So again, another very solid Rockstar Stitch draw because she's under two. 
can draw off of her, and you're, she's going to want friends on the board to like activate her ability. I believe um, Pigwit is a captain card as well. Um, Pirate, it? captain, dreamborn, and hero. So that, I mean, those are some synergies there. I think that works into a few other, like there's a pirate synergy out there. I've heard a lot of a lot of rumblings on a potential pirate deck. That would be crazy. I With the overall, I mean, we've got, we've got Peter Pan, we've got Hook, we've got Tinkerbell, Piglet, Pirate. Um, kind of seems we're going into that direction. Very so. potentially could. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is another one that has a lot of potential. It's definitely one I'm not going to write off just yet. Mm-hmm. I think given you know the ability to like flood the board and a cheap card and it has the ability with those um that cheap card then it could very well be a really really strong card so for sure seems solid and then lastly on the character front is peter pan the lost boy leader lost boy leader he's a four cost inkable card in emerald so an emerald inkable that's a good start good start good start (laughs) from where we already talked about this episode uh, three strength, three willpower, quests for one. However, his ability is uh, once per turn, whenever this character moves locations, gain lore equal to the location's lore. So we get a little bit more tease about locations. Mm-hmm. You get tease about moving between locations. And Peter Pan then gets you free lore from moving locations. So that also seems broken <laughs> it seems really nice it's a i mean inkable solid emerald like three strength so immune to a single grab your swords or strength of a raging fire or fire the cannons obviously smash would take him out or i mean could, strength of a raging fire could take it out oh i've said yeah i said you that wrong let the, thinking, rage on. let the storm rage on yep thank you for correcting me on that one um but yeah so i i think that he's could be a, again i definitely not one i'm writing off i think that could be a very strong card very fun to play Moving around locations is also seem pretty interesting. Yeah, and uh, what's what I'm kind of getting overall from at least the art on these cards is like the theme of exploration. Um, yeah, for seems, sure, seems to be a big deal. So we're going into the ink lands, into yep. the ink lands, um, which f- so far we've only seen I think the like the Great Illuminary, I believe it's called. It's kind of like our our home base in Lorcana. Yep. Um, so we're I guess we're like expanding into like the world itself. It it, um, it very much seems that way with as much zipping around, pun intended, as yeah. many is doing. We're definitely going to get some more um, lore, pun intended. Oh my gosh! <laughs> into, into we better be prepared Ooh, for all of this. We are, if you're not prepared, then you're going. I can't. I lost it. I yep. I, I thought yep. I could get it, but no, I lost, let, I lost let's it. Let's let the storm rage on. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of cool theming. I, it very much my style of yeah. this one. Yep. And so I, I like it a lot. I think it's going to be really fun. But with that said, I think the reason we wanted to talk about yep. this today is the locations. And so the first thing that jumps out at you at locations is most of, or I shouldn't say most, all the cards today currently are in um, portrait mode, you know, yeah. vertically. Yeah. And locations are landscape or horizontal. So the like the image of the card is, you know, 90 degree pivoted in the other direction. And so... Um, it's clearly to denote that it's a location when it's on the board, like it always, I would imagine stay in that. Mm -hmm. And then you place cards like on top of it or like under it or around it to denote that it's in that location. Um, but we have one location that's been revealed. You haven't pulled up. 
Yep. Okay, go go ahead and. This let is us... uh, Forbidden Mountain, which is Maleficent's castle. It says underneath, um, which it's got incredible art. Hopefully, we very, get a, like I want to play him out of this too. Um, very amethyst. It is an amethyst. Very very amethyst yes. artwork. Um. So a few things to note here. Um. The ink symbol, which it is inkable. It's two cost inkable. Yep. Um, is is sideways on the card like it's, um, it's it doesn't match with the rest of the card. I would imagine that's because you want to hold it in your hand like a normal yes. card, so that I, it's, I would it's easy to I would see. assume so. Um, but yeah, it's it's two cost inkable, so it definitely has a cost to play. We can confirm that. Yes. Um, six willpower, I believe is. Yep. So yeah, I, this has the... to be taken out. Yep. Um, and then one. Of a symbol we are not sure about yet, but we have speculation. Well, yeah, and we'll get to that one in, in a second. And then it has a lore symbol, which is a little different. Um, it's, it's a little faded out a little bit. little, like, it's it's black. It's, it's a little different. It's kind of reversed. It's got, like, main, the main part of it is white with a little dot in the middle. Oh, it, you're right. It's completely reversed. So Yeah, this would... The, the other... The normal lore would fit inside of this. Yeah. The normal right. lore is like a very thick border with nothing in the middle. This is a very thin border with most of it being like background and then like kind of like another tiny lore symbol in they the middle. They completely match up. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. the lore, which again matches with the Peter character, mm -hmm. Peter Pan that we just mentioned. So, you know, if he moves to the Forbidden Mountain, then the assumption being you gain a lore off of that move. So I... What I would assume as well is that the lore symbol itself, like when that character is on there, adds that lore we, to the character. We've assumed that, yeah. And so he would be getting plus two lore if he were to move to Forbidden Mountain? Potentially. I like, mean, that's just that's just my... Speculation, obviously. Yeah. We don't know this for certain yet, but that's that's definitely... I've, I've heard that theory, too, that that's either adding lore. Um, given the... The way that the Peter card is worded, that leads us to believe that there will be location cards that allow you to quest for more than one, or mm -hmm. maybe even none, and have a different type of uh, ability that you know it gives you. And then, yeah, lastly, there's another new symbol on the left-hand side of the new card, symbol. where the um, there would normally be nothing, but. There's yeah a new symbol and this and the Forbidden Mountain card is a one. So it's got two. It costs two ink, inkable, six willpower. It has one, somewhat of a lore symbol, and then one brand new symbol that is one. Yeah, and with and I don't know if you've noticed, but within that symbol, it very much looks like an ink, like hexagon mm -hmm. surrounded by something else. And so, with that said, I think there are two main theories prevailing out there currently as to what that one on this card and location cards could mean. And those two theories are one, meaning like the first theory is that's the number of characters you can have at said location. So like uh, the Forbidden Mountain or Maleficent's Castle, this current location that we have could only have one card at that location. It's got a one on there, so you can only have one card attached to said Which location. would make sense for it being a two cost yeah that that checks out um so so far that that sounds we're about to get in the second option but that sounds the most likely to me 
Um, That's definitely one of them. I mean, I, again, I think this second theory also goes in line with the, the two-cost inkable is that it costs that much to have a character move to said location. Which, again, I think with the ink symbol kind of in as part of that symbol, that also kind of checks out. Sure. So sure. I don't really have... Any, like I'm really 50-50 at which way this could go. I don't know if it's how many characters you can have there or how much it costs to move a character. So like if you play Peter Pan and then you move him to Forbidden Mountain on your next turn, you'd have to pay one ink to move him to that location. I mean... That's the second theory. Yeah, that's the second theory. Um, another thing to note here that kind of goes into that is that just to get the overall value of the card maybe, um, this is a common card. Yeah, no, that's so that's it, very important. We we definitely missed that part. Um, this is a common card, so all this like kind of crazy new stuff that we're talking about here is all within the common rarity. Um, so we don't know if like all locations are common, or if you're playing four locations in a deck. I don't know if there's a limit, maybe one per for deck. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know that you know there are obviously common cards that are played today that are, can be really good. Yes. Um, but so that doesn't necessarily limit it. But to your point, that's is probably on the lesser crazy side of locations we could potentially see. Yes. With, you know, so to the earlier point on this quest, or you have this location has one lore, maybe another location has five lore, you know, and but we don't know how to activate said five lore mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be. And so, um, yeah, I, I think those two prevailing theories are, are where we're going. I heard that um, Steve Warner was going to be on the Discord this weekend, kind of answering some questions about locations, and so we could potentially update next week on what exactly he said and how you know maybe some more fine details and how it's going to work. But for now, those are the prevailing theories, and I like them both. I think both of them add a, a decent you know functionality to those locations for sure. Um... And it, like I said before, I'm leaning more towards like this. You can only have one location or one card at this location. That's kind of what I'm I'm leaning towards right now. Um, but I mean, it could it could be like with like you said the the ink looking symbol is kind of it could go either way. I think yeah. it'd be interesting if it's a completely new theory that we haven't thought of. But I would say it's probably one of the two. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. I mean, I, I would be shocked if it's something new. But again, at this point, we're all kind of newbies. We're and trying to figure it out here. Yeah, and and I did ask on on online this week if um if there were other location type of you know gameplay within other TCGs, and I got some good responses that this isn't like the most unique thing ever. Mm-hmm. My only experience with this type of you know paradigm within a game would be like Disney Villainous, which. I think has a lot of synergies. You got Robinsburger and Robinsburger. Yep. You've got you know certain things that unlock at certain locations. Steve Warner, I believe, is another commonality. Yeah. Uh, so I, I could very much see locations that unlock like maybe not even lore, but abilities for characters that are there. Like maybe there's an evasive location where cards at said location get evasive. Like, yeah. This doesn't have an ability. It, no. It looks like it might have a spot for an ability at some point. Because it has it has like the subtext underneath. It has an eerie quiet surrounds the castle, but beware of the dangerous occupant within. But it has that little space above it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I mean, I, I think there is a world where you have locations that just grant cards abilities. You know, not just more lore, but yeah, we'll find out. Again, mine my experience with this was Disney Villainous, but it's rather I don't want to say 
super common, but this isn't the first time that there's been a, a TCG with this yeah. paradigm. Yeah. So, um, okay, so you kind of answered my next question, which was going to be which theory do you think is more likely? You said... Um, oh, my bad. No, that's, skip ahead. no, you're not skipping ahead. It's just we're, we're, we're that much in sync right now. There we go. Okay, but my next question is... Does this change the game too rapidly? You know, like, I, I get it, like, you want to keep the game fresh, but I also think, like, smaller changes, like adding resist to, mm-hmm. you know, chapter two, I thought that was a very good, like, incremental, like, we're not completely breaking the game. Maybe these don't break the game, maybe they don't change it as much as we think, but to me, this seems like a very, very new paradigm that completely shifts the way that you have to think about it, because currently, it's items, actions, and characters, and now you're adding a fourth one on top of that. And so, like when you're deck building, you have to consider locations as well. And it's like, what are you removing? Are you removing an item? Are you removing characters? You know, I, I, again, I, we've never played Pokemon, but I do know that, like the the ratio of like items and energy and action cards within that realm is very heavily weighted comparatively to the characters. Unlike Lorcana, where you have a majority of characters and a few actions and songs and, and items, um, and so like, does this shift away from just like a character dominant game into locations, items, and actions? I don't think so yet, because all of those things revolve around characters. Songs are very advantageous when you have a character that can sing it. Very good point. Locations, it seems like you have to have characters at locations for the whole thing to kind of activate. Items mostly work with different characters' abilities. So are you and giving up an action or an item in your deck? I mean, again, I, we don't know. Like, But just theoretically, like I if would you're say building a deck, are you taking out an action or an item to play this? You're probably taking out maybe an item um, or, or you know, a card that you is very situational in your deck. Um, a character card, even, that's situational, I think, is... Especially when you're talking about what we have here with Forbidden Mountain, a, a two-ink that, so as far as we know, gives characters plus one lore when they quest. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good point. I mean, they're definitely... I mean, ideally, you don't have situational characters. You know, you have characters that, yes. like... The, the, the first one that comes to mind is, like, Benja. Like, he's very situational in the sense of, like, he's going to be impactful if he can remove an item. But he's still a two lore quester, and so he still gives you value, even mm-hmm. if he's not removing something. Um, but yeah, I think there are still a few, like, if I play this card, great. If I don't, no big deal. And so does this, like, fill that slot and give you opportunity? Um, and then lastly, the question I have is, like, do you always want to play a location? I mean, I guess it changes the tempo of the game. Like, if you're a pretty aggro deck, you probably aren't playing so too many locations. I have, I have another theory to kind of put on top of that question here because it would play into it um does so does location cards protect your cards if you have them at that location i had that same question and i honestly forgot to to ask that is this a like is that strength the willpower the six like power? block like a like a bodyguard um on top of your character or if you want to be proactive about like getting rid of the location, then that's what the willpower takes to get rid of. I would assume if if the idea is that it doesn't that such willpower doesn't protect the characters, 
then I'd see the reason to take out a location would be the lore it's given. Like with Forbidden Mountain, I would assume the reason you'd want to take out a card of six willpower is because of the lore it's given the characters that are questing there, as yeah. far as we know. Yeah, and, and I would imagine it doesn't bodyguard them mm -hmm. because if you have a two cost six willpower I, bodyguard, I it, it, it that would that would be busted. So I, I doubt it's like a protector. Um, but to, to your point, I think it's probably like a pseudo item in the sense of like, I have the ability to remove this, you know, item. And I say item because it always stays on the board. And so like, I have the ability to remove that quote item from the board by challenging it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think that's the way that, you know, that would be handled, but I think time will tell, right? So to answer the question that I, I kind of piled that on top of, though, I believe it was um, if you think that they'll be played. Yeah. Kind of the overall. Um, I mean, so certain decks they won't. Like aggro, I don't think... I mean, maybe it does. Like, again, we have no idea. Yeah. What the, the, <laughs> We're shooting in, in, in blank here. Um, overall, yes, I do. Like, yeah. I, I, think that, I don't think they'd add an entirely new type of card. Um, so early in the game if it wasn't going to be impactful yeah i agree i think you're on the on and i agree with like your analysis as well i think this is probably not an aggro tool it's going to be a too much of a tempo disruption like on turn two you're not playing something that's not questing or having a lot of lore impact in an aggro deck you're playing a pinocchio or you're playing simba that's going to protect you're playing your four cards in one turn yeah, yeah. like you're, you're just not going to slow your tempo down by doing this and so I would imagine it's not much. I mean, I, again, I think there could be locations that cost one or, you know, you talked about a card that, you know, like potentially wanted that was like a zero cost card that did something. Maybe there's a crazy zero cost location that adds something to the table. Who knows? But the point is, is I think this is very much more like your standard mid range slash control tool to add, you know, ability slash um new mechanics to your deck to help you out yeah and i i again i do think it's too a little too early we don't sure. know how impactful they're going to be but i do think it's it's too early um it's in my opinion a little too early for the chapter three reveal overall um i agree but this is exactly how they did it last time it went, yeah. went it went right wide release and then the next week we we got info and so that's exactly what they did this time so that's probably the cadence going forward so we got to get used to that one for sure and that's just it is what it is um i think we overall have an idea of like because we thought you know we thought um prince john was going to be the end all be all um certain cards like that you know we thought and uh i, I would believe the uh um, Relentless Beast would play into that as well. We thought these cards were going to be... I think we did pretty solid, though. We knew... We said Cinderella would be incredible. Cinderella is incredible. Both yep. of the Cinderellas are incredible. Um, so we're, we're hitting better. We kind of shifted that, like, the Bell Hidden Archer would be situational. We yeah. No, and, and like, we, like I said when we started off on this, I mean, we're definitely not going to talk about this every time going no. forward. It'll no. be more on, like, a grouping on like situational here's, yeah, basis. here's a lot of the the stuff that's come out and we want to update because there's been something important or whatever we'll probably do a uh, location like all the locations i would think at least just because it's brand new yeah yeah i think that's a good one for sure um okay well i think that i think that pretty much wraps it up any final thoughts on chapter three or changes or anything else or what you would like to see in chapter three 
Um, well, over like like I said earlier, I hinted at it, but Treasure Planet, like pumped about that, I know. Pumped. Um, Ducktales. Spencer, our Shout friend Spencer, Spencer, is very happy, but also I am as well. Um, watched the original show and the new one. So I love me some Ducktales, some Launchpad McQuack, please. Gizmo Duck. We talked about Launchpad last. Darkwing. Night. I mean, Darkwing would definitely be Spencer's number one, but that's like its own thing now. I understand. So it's potentially, I understand not included. It is, but no, I, I'm not. We saying gotta you're get wrong. some I'm not saying you're wrong, but yes, I, I I agree. I know that there's a lot of calls for that. Eagle on, Boys too. So I'm getting um, way too excited. Well, we're at at some point we're gonna do another like wishes and hopes for the future, and so we can definitely have those checked off because I know a lot of people were looking for it. So. Um, yeah, as always, everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and we'll catch you next time. All right, see you guys. Bye.